Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, when you're talking about a strike, of course, the union is going to do whatever they can to really, really raise the stakes, right? And, you know, so you've got tax deadline, and that's why they're threatening with CRA. Um, and then you bring in this deadline that really, really ratchets up the tension. And part of me keeps thinking it's just rhetoric. It's just rhetoric. But you know what? We're, we're only 12 hours out now, and I haven't heard any indication that a deal is imminent. So um, maybe this strike is a little more likely than I thought it was last week. Uh, I'm not sure. We're going to chat now with Charles Smith, an associate professor in the Department of Political Science at St. Thomas More College, University of Saskatchewan. Charles, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hi, Shay. Nice to be here. Yeah, I mean, the clock's really ticking down here. We're, we're, you know, later on tonight, we could have about 100,000 federal workers off the job. How likely do you think it is? It looks like it, it just might happen, hey? It's hard to say. I mean, the, these things often go to the deadline, especially when you've got a round of bargaining that's been going on since 19, or sorry, 2021. They've been out of the contract for without, sorry, they've been without a contract for almost two years. So this might be the union finally saying, listen, we're, we're dialing up the, the, the pressure and we, we want a deal. And if we're not, we're going to going to walk. So it's hard to predict, but it's certainly more possible, as you said, than a week ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're the union and you go in and you come in with these hard and fast deadlines, a deal by nine o'clock Eastern, or we walk off by midnight Eastern, I mean, you've left yourself no wiggle room, have you? I mean, has the union sort of said, this is what we have to do now? I mean, they can't back down from that. Not unless the government or the employer is willing to make some concessions and move, because I think at this point they're stuck when it comes to wages and working conditions. This will be around this issue of remote yeah, work, yeah. which you know rose to the surface during the pandemic, as we all know. So I, you know, I think these two issues are really you know m- making the deal more hard, more harder to get at this point. And and you know it's hard to say. I mean, the P- PSAC doesn't have a long history of strike action. They're, they're not like Cup W, the postal workers, which have you know strike strike quite quite frequently yeah. with regards to various things. PSAC doesn't have that reputation, but if they do go, this would be the largest public sector strike in Canadian history, which is something to think about. And you're, you were right in your introduction, you know, lining right up against the CRA tax filing deadline puts pressure on the government as well. So the, the timing is right for PSAC. I think they've just hit a point where the, the negotiations have hit a stall and, the, and they're trying to put it into fast forward. No question the timing is right. And, and all the indications are there as to why they're doing what they're doing. I'm wondering, though, how important you think public sympathy is. They have to calculate that. And I think they're making some overtures to try and win over the public. Do you think they have the public on their side in this situation? That's a hard question to answer, Shay, but they definitely, you know, anytime a public sector worker goes on strike, they have to calculate what yeah. the public is going to think. I think that's why you've seen a ramp up in PSAC's public relations campaigns around what, what they're striking over. I mean, their wage their wage demands are not out of sync with where inflation is at right now. I think they're trying to argue, listen, these aren't excessive demands. We've all been through the same, same uh, sort of problems in the last couple of years, and we're just trying to play catch up here. Um, you know, the, they, they had a very forward-thinking public relations campaign, and that's definitely aimed as much at the public with the public as, as it is their membership. Um, so they're very much tied to that. And, you know, it's hard to argue that the public will not be inconvenienced. They always are when it comes to these types of things. But whether or not 
um, you know, the public will side with them. It depends on how long these disputes drag out. There's also a political thing happening here. I mean, the Conservatives have been very, uh, very deliberately trying to appease working or reach out to working class voters. And the Liberals have been very much trying to work out, reach out to unionize workers and some of their labor policies. So there's some politics happening in the background as well. This strategy, and it was the statement made by the uh, head of the union, Chris Elward, yesterday, I thought made it pretty plain saying, you know what, we're all in this together. Even if you're a private sector worker, if we allow the government to drive down the public sector worker, it drives down your wages. We're all... Does, does that make, I mean, I, I from what I'm hearing from my audience, at least, Charles, that, that's not going to fly. I, I don't think a lot of people feel that they're walking in lockstep with the federal union here. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, he's talking about the relationship between what how government drives policy yeah. and how private employers might respond, especially when you've heard, you know, the Bank of Canada say, you know, we got to, you know, keep a lid on wages because it could be inflationary and so on and so forth. I mean, don't forget, Shay, 70% of the Canadian... Um, uh, sorry, you know, the vast majority of unionized workers in Canada are in the public service today. Seventy percent of the public service is unionized, as opposed to, you know, thirteen percent in the private sector. So, you know, this is this is kind of a leading sort of example of the public sector saying, like, we can only take so much, and we have to fight back, or else it could be sort of a, a it could drive down, you know, bargaining in other sectors. And I think that's what they're, they're getting at, especially in the provincial and federal public services, as they're all lining up for contract negotiations. In various provinces, in, you know, in Ontario, the teachers are going to be going. In Saskatchewan, the teachers are going to be going. And in Alberta, there's been all kinds of questions about the relationship with the government and its public sector union. So these kind of things have ripple effects, and I think that's what he's speaking to. What about what would happen if we do go on strike? They've already talked about back-to-work legislation, the, the union warning the government against doing that. There are some essential workers that are involved here, I mean, right across the board. What do you think it would look like if they do walk off the job? How long do you think it might last? That's hard to predict. I mean, back-to-work legislation has become very much very common in Canadian public sector labor relations. The the one hiccup, though, is that the Liberals don't have a majority government. They have a minority one. And, of course, as your listeners will know, they have a a sort of supply relationship with the New Democrats. And the Democrats, as your readers will know, tend to be much closer to organized labor uh, than the other parties. So it would need some support from the NDP, and I think that would be difficult to get. So then you're asking yourself, would the Conservatives support back-to-work legislation? So again, there's some interesting... Poli- I mean, whenever public sector unions strike, there's always political questions, and here it's like front and centre. So back-to-work legislation might be much more complicated for the Liberals than when they did the same thing to cup W workers and QP workers in the after the 2015 victory. So hard to say. And if that isn't on the table, then that gives some leverage to the, to the union to stay out longer and hold out for the demands. But as you pointed out, uh, the government might blink. The union might blink. Although, as you also pointed out, it's hard for the union to blink at this point. They put a hard deadline in. Um, if they don't go, it weakens their position. Yeah, exactly. With this hard and fast deadline, I think they've they've committed themselves. So we'll have to wait and see, Charles, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. And like I say, it's, we're, we're talking about hours from now. So I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today. You bet. Nice talking to you, Shay. Have yeah, you bet.